0: Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Talking to new people can lead to making new connections and learning interesting things, and simply makes both you and the person you talk with happier. Yet, many of us have a very difficult time striking up conversation with strangers. Why is this? My guest today has done studies to find out. Her name is Jillian Sandstrom, and she's a professor of social psychology at the University of Essex. Jillian's research has explored both why people have such a hard time talking to strangers and why it's beneficial to do so. Today, we dig into common barriers to talking to new people, including the liking gap, where we believe people find us less interesting than they really do. We then discuss the benefits of talking to strangers, which go both for introverts and extroverts, and Jillian's best tips for getting better at it. After the show's over, check out the show notes at aom.is slash talktostrangers. All right, Jillian Sandstrom, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So you are a psychologist and you've done a lot of research on the topic of talking with strangers. How did that
1: happen? bit of a long story, but uh, I started doing a master's degree in psychology, and it had nothing to do with this topic, and I had a research lab in one building on campus, and my supervisor's office was in a a different building, and so it was a bit of a distance between the two buildings, and whenever I I walked that route, I passed a hot dog stand, and uh, there was a lady who worked at the hot dog stand. And I don't know if I ever spoke to her, but somehow we developed this relationship where I would smile, we would smile at each other and say hi every time I passed by. And it really made me feel like I belonged on campus. You know, I felt like a bit of an imposter as many of us do taking on a master's degree and just seeing her there and having this acknowledgement that she knew who I was and I knew who she was just made me feel really good. And I thought, okay, is this just me or is this actually a thing? And so that's what I decided to look at for my PhD. But a little bit longer story than that, because my dad is sort of the king of talking to strangers. (laughs) He's been doing it. I've seen him do it my whole life. My mom too, but especially my dad. And he seems to have a compulsion and he, he just loves it. He just loves talking to people and learning about them. And it seems so easy to him. And so that was sort of an inspiration as well.
0: I never, this is the first time I heard a a hot dog stand was the start of of, uh, research. It's a true story. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Well, so you said your dad had like this compulsion to talk with strangers, but for many people, talking to strangers is like something they're uncomfortable with. And some of them even have a fear of it. In your research that you've done, have you figured out like what are, why many people are uncomfortable with talking with strangers?
1: Yeah, I think people are uncomfortable with a lot of different things. And, and so part of it might just be sort of evolutionarily speaking, people had to worry about other people and worrying, are, are other people going to hurt me? And we also have this sort of fundamental need to belong. You know, it really mattered if we were sort of kicked out of our group, you know, thousands of years ago, that basically meant you were going to die. So you cannot, you you need to belong. And so I think we still fear rejection from other people. It's a really strong need to belong. So we, we have all these things going around in our heads, and we're even taught to be afraid of strangers, right? Like when we're kids, we're told, you know, stranger danger, you know, you don't want to talk to other people. And I think part of it is just you never know what they're thinking, do you? I mean, I I feel like I, I've talked to a lot of people on the bus and I feel like they kind of go through these phases. They're, I, I'm imagining it, of course. I don't know for sure this is what they're thinking, but I think they're thinking first, do I know you? Because if I'm talking to them, you know, I must know them or why would I be doing it, right? And then when they get past that and they think, oh, actually, I don't know you. I think the next thought is, are you a weirdo? (laughs) And then usually we get past that and they realize I'm just being friendly and everything goes smoothly. But I think the, the fears come from, we don't know what the other person is thinking. People don't know what my intentions are in talking to them, right? Right. And yeah, so I've been looking at a lot of just trying to understand exactly what are people worried about? And there's so many things. People endorse all sorts of reasons that I present to them. So people are worried about what they might do during a conversation. So they're worried that they might talk too much or talk too little or say the wrong thing. People are worried about what the other person might do. They're worried about how they might feel and how the other person might feel. So worried about being bored or uncomfortable or just not being understood. People are worried that they don't know how to keep a conversation going. And they worry that it might just not be very interesting or meaningful, might just be kind of awkward small talk, which a lot of us really hate. So we have all these thoughts going through our head that just sort of turn it into this giant buzz of confusion.
0: Right. And, and you also talked about in your research, too, that you, know, you mentioned right there the, the whole stranger danger, mm-hmm. right? So the, the fear of talking to strangers, there's a cultural component, right? Because like you grow up hearing, don't talk to strangers because that's bad. But I mean, are there some cultures where they actually encourage that?
1: Yeah, I mean, different cultures have different different norms. And even within the same culture, different places or situations have different norms, right? So, I mean... often hear about small towns and how people are more likely to talk to each other in a small town or you know if you're walking your dog or taking your kid to the playground or taking a taxi those situations it's pretty normal to talk to strangers Uh, but lots of other situations it's not normal and and people think oh it's not okay i'm in the uk now and and when i talk to people about how we generally people don't like to talk to strangers they always say But Ireland, (laughs) so apparently everybody in Ireland talks to each other. (laughs) I had a student, a master's student named Atali, who just loves the culture in South America. And so for her dissertation, she wanted to collect some data in Argentina. And she asked people there about the fears that they had about talking to strangers. And for some of the kinds of fears that I was mentioning, they're much lower for people in Argentina compared to the UK. But for other kinds of fears, there weren't any differences. So so yeah, you're definitely right. I'm sure there's cultural differences. I haven't done a lot of research on what those are, but they're out there. Right, I thought that was an
0: interesting point you brought up that in certain situations it's it's felt it's more acceptable to talk to strangers, right? Like yeah, yeah if, in an Uber, like I I don't know if it's okay, like I am like Uber's new, but I always feel like I should talk to the the driver. Yeah. Uh, he's a complete stranger, but if like if you're on a bus or a train, For some reason, like, okay, you don't talk to anybody.
1: Oh, people tell me that they'll talk, but they'll wait until the the trip is almost over because they want to make sure they don't do it at the beginning because then they might get stuck talking to someone for the whole trip.
0: (laughs) Right. That would not, yeah, some people might might, might want to do that. So, besides the cultural influence, there's also possibly like there's a fear or not fear of talking to a stranger. It varies from person to person. So, there might be some sort of just individual basis. Like, your dad might have just, was your dad just extroverted and like that was just his thing? And, uh, or more introverted people less likely to talk to strangers?
1: Good question. I don't, I always find that one hard because extroversion is tricky. I don't know. It's it's hard to distinguish between someone who's extroverted and introverted. We're all sort of on at different points on a spectrum, right? I don't even know where I fall. I enjoy talking to strangers. I probably do it way more than most people. But I don't love going to a party where there's lots of people I don't know and given the choice, I'd probably just stay home, sit on the couch with my cats and a book. <laughs> so am I extroverted? Sometimes. But I think, I think a lot of people are afraid of talking to strangers, even some extroverts. But in, in all the studies that I've done, Everyone seems to report enjoying conversations, but there's a big difference before the conversation. So so my guess is that probably people who are a little less extroverted are going to worry more before having a conversation, but are going to benefit just as much and enjoy the conversations just as much as someone who's a bit more extroverted.
0: Gotcha. You sound like an ambivert. <laughs> yes. <Right.
1: laughs> that sounds about right.
0: Right. Well, so one of the big fears that people have when they talk to somebody they don't know is that the other person they're going to try to you know gin up this conversation with they're not they're going to think they're an idiot or they're not going to like them but you've actually done studies on this yeah so what does the research say is, is this fear that people aren't going to like us if we try to talk to them is that well founded
1: it is not uh, so yes i did i did a little bit of research and and some of the data that i collected comes from some how to talk to strangers workshops that I've run and how that works is people sign up and, you know, it's a special group of people because they're obviously acknowledging that they think it might be a good idea to talk to people. And they're acknowledging that they think that they can get better at doing that. Um, But nevertheless, these are people who clearly think they don't talk as much as they should. And I put them in a situation and I say, okay, you're going to have to talk to someone you've never talked to before. And then I ask them a whole bunch of questions because that's my job. I'm a researcher. I bug people all the time and ask them about, to answer questions. So I ask them before having that conversation, how interesting do you think your partner's going to be and how interesting do you, will they think that you are? And, and so before talking, people say, yeah, I, th- I think my partner's going to be pretty interesting. We'll have an interesting conversation. But they think uh, the other person, they're not really going to find me very interesting. And then they have a conversation. And this is my favorite moment of these workshops, because at the beginning, there's just sort of this awkward silence in the room, and nobody really knows what to do. And then I give them permission to talk. And then it's really hard to stop people from talking. And there's this buzz of conversation in the room. But I, I stop them nevertheless. And then I ask them again, um, sort of how, how did it go? How interesting did your partner turn out to be? And people generally report that the conversation went better than they thought and their partner was even more interesting than they thought they would be. But still, they think the other person didn't find them as interesting. So there's this thing we call the liking gap and that occurs both before having a conversation and after having a conversation. And and my collaborators and I f- have found that this effect lasts a really long time. So in my case with this workshop, it was a, a quick conversation before and after, uh, but we also measured it in longer conversations and even with roommates getting to know each other over the course of several months. So even after several months have elapsed, people still tend to underestimate how interesting their partner thinks they are. And this is probably because we just have a really negative voice in our head. We think, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or I should have said it a different way. Maybe they took that wrong. Maybe they didn't understand me. Like we just have this voice telling us that, you know, we we don't know what we're doing. We're not good enough at having a a conversation.
0: And I think the other thing on the other person, like for me, whenever someone talks to me or, you know, tries to strike up a conversation, like I, I, I like, I'm I'm like rooting for them. Like, I don't know. It's like, I'm like, I want them to succeed. I want this to be a good time. Like, I'm not, not focusing on the little like negative things that happen. I don't even notice that.
1: Oh, well, that's perfect. I think everybody would benefit if they thought of it that way. I think we have to get out of that negative, you know, get out of our own heads and and think about the other person and that would. Make things go a lot more smoothly.
0: Yeah. And I think that they've done studies like that where, you know, you tend to focus on your negative things more than other people are. They've done that study where, like, yes. they made people wear dumb shirts and they. Oh,
1: yeah. The spotlight effect.
0: The spotlight effect. Right. It's, it's, yeah. It seems like it's the spotlight effect going on a little bit.
1: Yeah. So we're far more aware of our own sort of shortcomings and we think we're doing things that other people are going to notice when really other people are in their own heads and not really paying too much attention to us. <laughs> but But one thing I just want to point out is you know going but conversation going poorly is sort of relative right because we kind of act like if a conversation doesn't go well it's this giant disaster but really usually if a conversation goes poorly that really just means it's maybe a little bit awkward it maybe has sort of an awkward silence in it or it's just kind of forgettable but it's hard it's not usually awful right Like, it doesn't usually turn into an argument or an insult or anything especially negative. Usually, if we say a conversation goes poorly, I think it's just kind of neutral.
0: I think that's a good point. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a stranger where it ended up we were arguing and yelling
1: at each other. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. Do you like movies?
0: I love movies.
1: Ah, Well, I mean, you've watched probably a lot, watched a lot of movies then. Are they all awesome?
0: No, no, they're not all awesome. No, no. right?
1: You watch a lot of movies and you know there's going to be a bunch that are just sort of, eh. And then hopefully you, you keep watching movies and you're going to find a few that you really love. I, I think conversations with strangers are a little bit like that. We just, we have... A lot of them, hopefully. (laughs) And most of them, a lot of them might just be nothing special, but every once in a while, we're going to have one that's really great. And I think even the not special ones, the ones that are just sort of average, still remind us that we can talk to people and sort of in aggregate makes us feel more connected to other people. So even if the individual conversation is nothing special, the fact that you are able to have it and have it go okay is, is a good sign. I think it still sends this sign to us about how we're connected to each other.
0: We're going to take a quick break for your words from our sponsors. Wedding season is coming up. And if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made to measure suit. A lot of fun, and then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? So, if you want to try fast growing trees, right now they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code manliness at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using code manliness at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code manliness. Offers valid for a limited time, terms and conditions may apply. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. And now back to the show. Well, let's talk about that more because, okay, so some of the fears we have about talking with strangers, probably not well-founded. Uh, people tend to like us more than we think they do. But some people would say like, okay, what's the point? Talking with strangers, small talk, it's a waste of time. But you're talking about, you've said in your research, people feel more connected. What are the benefits of that? What are the benefits of feeling connected by talking with strangers?
1: I sort of feel like the feeling connected is benefit in itself, but I imagine that it probably makes us feel a little more trust towards other people and just feeling that trust and a a little bit lower fear towards other people is just, just, I don't know. I just, I feel like personally, I, I walk around feeling safer, you know, knowing that most people are not that different from me and they're decent people just trying to figure out how to live life just like I am. And, and I don't know that in itself just makes me feel good.
0: Right, and that probably, yeah, I'm I'm sure that you you probably there's studies that can be done there where it's like, well, just feeling good that can help you you reduce stress levels. I'm sure there's studies like that that are out there for the picking. Eventually,
1: yeah, I don't know. There haven't there hasn't been too much research on talking to strangers. It's sort of a new area. But I just went to a conference in February, and there were several sessions about conversations, and so it seems to be something that people are getting a little more interested in. But other benefits of talking to strangers. I've run a study where we asked people to think about how talking to a stranger could be a pro-social thing. So something that benefits not only you, but the person that you're talking to. And people sort of, we asked them open-ended questions about how it had gone at the end of the day. And people said they made new friends. I mean, these were mostly students that we were studying in that study. So they're on campus and there's a chance they'll see the person again. So that's maybe slightly different than, you know, in a, in the city coming across someone, you'll probably never see them again. But yeah, so our students that we studied said that they made new friends, which is great because every f- friend starts as a stranger, right? People told us they learn stuff. So someone said, hey, I talked to the barista and they, I asked them if they had a drink recommendation and I tried something new. So that's... Great. And I think they mentioned how how surprising it was. They were surprised at how friendly people were when you made the effort to approach them and start a conversation. And I think a little surprise and a little novelty and uncertainty, you know, just a little, <laughs> kind of makes a difference in our day. It's It's a good thing, right?
0: No, definitely. I'm serious. Like, so people listening it's okay. There's a benefit. You can feel more connected. Can sort of uh, bring some novelty to your day. But like, how do you get started with talking with strangers? I mean, do you just like go to random people and start chatting them up, or do you? Are there different ways you sort of ease your way into talking with strangers?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to give you a long answer to that question. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what I do, and but before I do that, I wanted to share a little bit about a study that I'm running right now. So my research has sort of found over and over again. I've, I've asked lots of people in my research career to talk to strangers <laughs> and they generally enjoy doing it. But if I ask them after they've just had a pleasant conversation with someone, you know, what do you think it would be like to talk to someone else? People sort of think, oh, well, that conversation might've gone okay, but the next one, I don't know. And so I think that's sort of our tendency to overestimate how different we are from each other. And so what I've been doing in this most recent study with my collaborators, Erica Boothby and Gus Cooney, we've been doing a scavenger hunt. So we've been putting people in a situation where they need to talk to someone new every day. And we thought, how are we going to get people to do that when people are so scared of it? And we thought, okay, we got to turn it into a game. We got to make it fun. And so people in this study every day they play this new scavenger hunt game on their phone, like using this app. And we give them a bunch of different missions, and they're supposed to choose at least one every day. And so the missions might be something like, find someone who's wearing a hat, or find someone who's wearing something red, or find someone who's drinking a coffee. And then they have to go up and talk to that person, and then they report back to us on how it went. And some of those people, we gave them some tips on how they could do it. So this is how it connects back to the question you asked me. And so, I, I can't tell you yet which tips were the most effective, but I can tell you which tips people told us they chose to use. And so, of the five tips, here they are in order of how often people chose to use them. The first number one most used tip was we told people just be brave. We said people like you more than you think. So, this is just telling people about the liking gap which we talked about before. And so the most people said, "Yep, I like that tip. I'm going to try to just be brave." The second most common thing people did was to comment on something they had in common. And this is where talking about the weather comes into play, right? <laughs> I think that's that's why people do it. It's it's a shared experience, you know. They're both you're in the same place, you're that's something that you have in common. There's obviously other things you can comment on as well. In our studies, we've often studied students and so they're at the same campus maybe they're studying the same program so it's pretty easy to find something you have in common with someone the third tip that people liked was giving people a compliment and the reason i think this works there's kind of two reasons one is it gives people a way to start the conversation because i've done some research showing that starting the conversation is this is the really scary part uh the, the middle of the conversation and the end of the conversation are not as scary as starting the conversation. So you can use a compliment to start a conversation. And like we talked about before, I think it just helps you get out of your own head and shift your focus to the other person. The fourth tip is just to use your curiosity. And I think that has the same benefits as it's, it's a way to start the conversation and a way to be shifting your focus to the other person. And then the fifth, the least common, commonly used tip was our reminder to people that they would brighten the other person's day. So, you know, it's going to be a good thing for you to talk to, the, to, to a stranger because they'll benefit from it. So people don't seem to really resonate with that tip, but it is true and uh, I, th- I still, I like that tip. So for me personally, I often... Just it's about being observant and commenting on something I see, but sometimes I'm just cracking a joke. (laughs) So uh, I was on the train recently and there was these two gentlemen who were wearing exactly the same clothes as each other Which seems weird, but it turns out that they're, they were Freemasons, and there was about there was a thousand of them who'd gone into London for some annual dinner. So I just made some kind of joke about, you know, did you guys text each other in the morning about what you were going to wear? I talked to someone on the tube once in London because he was eating cookies for breakfast, and that just seemed unusual. So I was commenting on that. So often I'm just sort of, you know, trying to make people smile, and sometimes I'm just using my curiosity. So once I was on the tube and there was a bunch of people who seemed to be wearing the same t-shirt and was for some kind of running race. And so I was like, what's that all about? Or, I, you know, there's a lady who was wearing airplane earrings. I thought, why, why do you have airplane earrings? Mm-hmm. Um, so curiosity is, is something that I draw on a lot. And I do think about, it was the least used tip to think about how it might make a difference to the other person, but it is something that I think about in some situations. So I've definitely been in you know, a room full of people and seen someone standing on their own and gone over and talked to them because it helps me get over my own fear to think that I might be helping the other person.
0: No, those are all, I love that. But sometimes
1: I, I think you know another tip that we didn't put in the scavenger hunt study is just and you have to be patient and be okay that it might be a little bit awkward. Sometimes it takes a while to, to get started, and then it might go a little bit more smoothly. So I think it's something we can learn and get better at, but sometimes it's it doesn't go well and that's okay. You can control half of the conversation, but there's another person too. And you, you have no control over them. And some people are, it's just harder to talk to. It's just hard to engage some people in a conversation. And I think the trick there is to, to not be offended. Don't take it personally and just try talking to someone else. But I have, I have a story i'd I'd like to share about a recent a recent talking to strangers episode it's it's my current favorite (laughs) and it started off really awkward so i had been in london on on the radio in the morning and it was and so it was kind of exciting and so i got on the tube afterwards to head home and i was kind of you know i had a little bit of a buzz because it had been pretty exciting and uh, so i turned to the lady next to me and i said how how's your day going And she said, that's fine. And I thought, "Okay, that conversation's dead. (laughs) And then she said, well, how's your day going? And I said, actually, I had quite an adventure today. And I told her about how I'd been on the radio. And then she turned back to me and she said, well, actually, I just found out that I'm pregnant. (laughs) and and so it was you know she was gonna have to go back to her office and not talk about it because you know we don't talk about these things for for a while but it was okay for her to tell me a complete stranger maybe partly because it was a reciprocity thing I just shared something with her and she shared it back with me and it just felt so amazing that someone was able to to trust me and tell me something like that and share their good news and we we hugged it out
0: that's awesome. Well, I, I love that story. So those are all great tips. Another tip that I've I've seen is if another way to ease your way into talking to strangers is looking for opportunities where you're sort of you're forced to interact with people, but you typically keep it arm's length. Like, you know, if you're the barista or the cashier, right, it's very transactional. It's all business. Um, use that opportunity. Um, you're already talking to them. Like, why don't you just take it a little bit further? Ask about how their day is going or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a great tip, and you can try it out and see how it goes, and you can just walk away at the end. But just give yourself that chance to to have some practice.
0: Yeah, my uh, what I do this is my shtick is at Whole Foods. They have like CDs in front of the the cash register, and I'll use that as a conversation starter with a cashier. It's like, hey, what do you think? And it's always they always have like really weird CDs, like from like the seventies or like the eighties, you know, like albums from them. It's like, what do you think about this one? Or I ask, like, does anyone ever buy a right. CD? <laughs> and that's always gotten some good good conversation going. And what's Absolutely. nice is, like, we we go there enough, and I've had a conversation. Like, I feel connected to those people. Like, they're, they're not, like, close friends, but, like, yeah, I know them.
1: Yeah, and it feels good. And you probably miss them if they're not there. It doesn't feel the same. Exactly. I, I think that makes it hard to move to a new city because you think, you know, we think about how we're leaving friends and family behind, but you're also leaving behind that whole network of, you know, weak ties that you don't really think about, but when they're not there, I think, I think we miss them.
0: Well, Julia, where do you see your research going? Like, where are you leaning into more with this talking to strangers line of research?
1: I'm sort of changing my path in the near future. It occurred to me, so I've been looking a lot at trying to understand, like I said, what kind of exactly why people are so worried about talking to each other. And, uh, So just like the hot dog stand inspired that uh, a post on Facebook has inspired what I'm doing next. And there was a, uh, there's a woman named Emily McDowell who who created this line of greeting cards and, and she she had experienced cancer treatment and just that situation that we all hear about, about how you're going through something difficult. And then you really find out who your friends are because people just sort of disappear. Um, And they, I, it occurred to me that maybe it's there there might be some similarity within these two different kinds of situations. Maybe people, you know, people obviously don't know what to say right. and so they're choosing to say nothing at all, which is probably the exact wrong decision um, because, you know, the person needs you in that moment and maybe they're maybe we shouldn't be worried so much about saying the the wrong thing, but but yeah, it just made me wonder how much of the worries we have in that situation could be similar to the ones we have when talking to strangers. And then, you know, if we do find that sort of common things, common fears, that would make it, you know, e- those are the things we should be targeting to help people have better communication. So that's sort of where I'm pivoting to a little bit in the in the near future is is looking at difficult conversations and trying to figure out how to make them a little bit better. So I've done one study already working with a local hospice and looking at conversations about dying. So people at the hospice who, you know, they're they're not death is not imminent for them, but they have been diagnosed with a life limiting condition. And these are people who are coming to a support group. And so just asking them, you know, have you had a conversation with a confidant about your death? And and what kind of things did you talk about? And were you okay with the things that people said? Were they or were they awful? You know, just trying to understand, are there things that people really shouldn't say? And, you know, how did it go, and and then comparing that to people who are in a similar situation but have not had a conversation about death and trying to understand, you know, what are they worried about, and are those fears overblown as well? So, so it feels very similar, but also quite different from what I've been doing.
0: No, I bet it's, it's very similar because yeah, I've always had that feeling when someone's going through hard times, like uh, I'll probably just say something dumb, so I'm just not going to say anything. But when I'm on the receiving end, I don't care what anyone says; I just feel glad that someone. Like, showed up and tried to have a conversation with me.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I I think there's probably similar things going on where we're worried too much about saying the wrong thing and, you know, just inside our heads. And probably the best situation is, you know, there's nothing wrong with telling the person, look, this is really awful what you're going through. And I don't know what to say. And I'm worried about saying the wrong thing, but I just want you to know that I'm there for you. And, Tell me what you need from me.
0: Yeah. That's off like uh, yeah. When someone if someone said that to me, if I was going through a hard time, I'd be like, man, you're awesome. I'm so glad <laughs> this is great. <laughs> well, well, Jillian, where can people go to learn more about your work?
1: I have a website. So it's just my name, Jilliansandstrom.com. I'm always happy to talk to people about talking to strangers. And if anyone has ideas for how to use my research and something that they're doing, I'd love to hear from them.
0: Well, fantastic. Well, Jillian Sandstrom, thanks so much for your time. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: My guest today was Jillian Sandstrom. You can find out more information about her work by going to her website, jilliansandstrom.com. Also, check out our show notes at aom.is/slash talk to strangers, where you can find links to resources where you can delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the A1 Podcast. Check out our website, artofmanliness.com, where you can find our podcast archives. You've got over 500 episodes there, as well as thousands of articles we've written over the past 11 years on just about anything. A lot of social things in there, social tips, personal fitness, personal finance, how to be a better husband, better father. Check that out, artofmanliness.com. And if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It helps out a lot. And if you've done that already, something you can really do to help us out a lot is share the show with a friend or family member who would think would get something out of it. As always... Thank you for the continued support. Until next time, this is Brett McKay. Remind you not only listen to the AOM podcast, but put what you've heard into action.
1: You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel.